Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We're in a series called Holy Spirit, Agent of Truth. This is part five. And so unlike the Rocky series, these still keep getting better as we go along. You know, Rocky Five is where he took a dip. You know, Rocky Four, I think, is the pinnacle. It's the best. And then Rocky Five, we took a dip for some reason. But part five of this series, we're not going to take a dip. So get your Bibles out. You got your sermon notes there in your worship guide. If you want to follow along there. And also you can get on the YouVersion Bible app. And you can, uh, if you're more of a techie, you can get the sermon notes available there. Hey, let's open up our Bibles this morning to John chapter 16. Woo! John 16. Holy Spirit agent of truth. I'm going to jump in and read the text first, and then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to start reading in John chapter 16, verse 5. This is Jesus talking, and here's what he says. But by, here's what he says. Let's try it again. Hey, we're going to start reading in verse 5. Jesus is talking, and this is what he says. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come... He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us this morning that you will bring this word to life, that it will be a rhema word right now in season. So God, I just thank you that you're speaking to us and through us. We thank you for your presence over this word, that lives will be changed because of you and what you're speaking into our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we read this text, have you, I want to give some thoughts to you, maybe ask you a question. Have you ever tried to tackle a project that was too big for you? You know, tried to carry something maybe that was a two-person job and you thought you'd handle it by yourself? That doesn't always work out too well. You know, sometimes there's things that are too big for us. We need some help. We need some help in that project. And then sometimes there's situations where we believe something to be true and then we were told some information and once we had that information, everything that we thought was true is no longer true. We had, we had an application for this just yesterday. It was funny. We uh, in the afternoon, it was kind of hot yesterday here in southern Illinois. And so we got, we got in the pool, and uh, we were in the pool, and, and Lucas has, early on, has mastered the back somersault. And we thought, man, it's cool, he could do a back somersault, but he couldn't do a front somersault. You know, the front somersault is a lot easier, but he couldn't do the back one. Well, we, we figured out the reason he couldn't do the front one is because when you come around, you know, all that water rushes in your nose. Maybe you've never done a front somersault. You need to go try it in a pool of water. But anyway, so he, we said, you're doing the back. We said, hey, you need to do a front. And he said, I can't do it. I said, you can. You, there's a way you can do it. He said, no, I can't. 
said, yeah, you can. Just, hey, go underwater and watch me. So I, we went underwater and I just went. I don't want to do it too much. I don't want snot to come out on the floor. <laughs> but we, but as blue bubbles started coming out of my nose. I said, you come down, you blow bubbles. And then, so he did it. And all of a sudden, now he was doing like three and four at a time before he came up. What happened? He got some information that what he couldn't do 60 seconds ago, one time now he was doing four. You may think, well, that's a silly illustration, but if we can apply it in any area of our life, we can think one thing is true that we cannot, but all of a sudden we get some different information, and now we can do something we didn't think we could ever do before. Someone shows us how, and you're like, oh, that's not that hard. I remember the first time we got our pool, and, and they were talking about how to backwash it and do all this. I was on the phone. I'm like, okay, listen, slow down. So do, turn off what? Do this and lever what? I, I was like, man, this is a big deal. Now it's like, I do it so easy. I don't even think about it. Why? I got information, and that truth helped me to know how to do something on my own I couldn't do on my own before. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how the Holy Spirit brings truth into our life and how once we know that truth, everything that we knew before changes. So we talked about this last week. Last week we talked about that in uh, how the Holy Spirit will teach and develop us using the elements of circumstance. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. We talked about who, what, when, where, why last week. Today we're going to talk about the how. This week and next week we're going to talk about the how. Look in verse 7 where Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. How many know that it's good that Jesus tells us the truth? So we need to know this. When Jesus is telling us something, it is the truth. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. So when Jesus is speaking, I mean, no, Jesus is also the Word of God. So the Bible is the truth. When Jesus is speaking to us, if we're talking about reading the Bible or listening to Jesus, we are getting the truth. It's important for me to emphasize that right now at this point in the series because you need to get it later in this message today. We're going to need to know that the Bible is the truth. The truth. And I'm not talking about everything in the Bible. People will pull certain things out of context in the Bible and how they used to stone people. And they say, oh, okay, so the Bible's true. No, there's certain things in the Bible that went away before the cross. And, you know, we can go into all the specifics of that. But overall, Jesus tells the truth. That's what we need to get. So here's what he tells us the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Everybody say Advantage. The word advantage, he, so Jesus says, hey, it's your advantage that I go away. The word advantage is two words put together to make one word. The two words, one means to come into union together with, soon. So you come to union together with, is to your advantage. And then the other word is to bear up or to carry or to lift something. So you put the two words together and the word advantage means to come together with, to help carry or bear something. In other words, someone comes alongside with you and helps you do what you couldn't do on your own. And it's what he says. It's to your advantage that I go away. It's going to be a benefit to you. Because if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now jump down to verse 12. Not because verses 8 through 11 aren't good. I just realized this week that if I even read those again, I will want to teach them and I can't today. Verse 12. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. This is really cool. Jesus said, I have many things I still want to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus is getting ready to go away. 
He says, there's a lot of things I still want to tell you, but, but you, you, you can't bear them now. What's the word bear mean? The word bear there means to cognitively accept or receive something difficult to understand. So like, what are you saying in, in modern day terms? We could say is, there's a lot of things I want to tell you, but you can't, you can't handle it right now. You can't receive it right now. You can't grasp a hold of it. There's a lot of things I want to tell you. And what does Jesus tell us? He always tells us the, the truth. So he's saying, there are a lot of things that I want to tell you that are the truth, but you can't handle it right now. You, you, right now, you can't handle it right now. It's still the truth. They're still real. It's still genuine. It's still out there, but you're not ready for it yet. Are you, are you with me so far? I want to make sure we get it. Jesus is telling us that there is a truth that you don't know I want to tell you about, but you can't handle it right now. Now, now. Why not now? Why not now? Why, why, why can't we handle it now? Well, he tells us why here in the Bible, because now represents their state or condition. So he says, you can't handle it now. You can't receive it right now. But the next word, notice in verse 13, is the word however. Everybody say however. Now remember, the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. It was just one long letter. So this is a sentence that comes right after the next one. He said, but you cannot bear them now in this state. However, however, however. Now however is what's called a, and I'm not trying to say this to be smart. I'm just trying to say this to explain it. It's called a logical contrastive conjunction. Logical contrastive conjunction. Now, a regular conjunction is just used to connect words and phrases and clauses together. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Come on, schoolhouse rock. Everybody under 40 is like, what in the world is this guy talking about? Google it. YouTube schoolhouse rock. Not right now. Later, conjunction, junction, what's your function? So that's what a conjunction does, but a contrastive conjunction is different. Here's what a contrastive conjunction does. It suggests an oppositional thought or relationship to the word, phrase, or clause to which it's connected. For example, this car is fast, however, this car is not. So however is a contrastive conjunction, saying that the relationship between what it's connected to, the first one, and the, the next one, they're opposites. You're like, Chad, I didn't come here for grammar class, but we need to understand the Bible, so I need to make it plain and simple because I need it plain and simple. So this word however is very, very important because he says to them, in this state, you cannot bear it now. There's things I want to tell you. There's truths I want to tell you. But in this state, you cannot bear it. However, opposite. However, when he comes, when he, the spirit of truth, comes. Okay, I'm in this state without him. In this state without him, I cannot bear it. However, opposite, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. In this state or condition, I'm a me without a he. I'm a me without a he. And in my state or condition of a me without a he, I can't handle or receive everything that Jesus wants me to have. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, now I'm not a me without a he. I'm a me with a he. And what a me without a he can't handle, can't receive, can't experience, a me with a he can 
What a me without a he can't do, a me with a he can do. What was impossible to a me without a he is now possible to a me with a he. Bible says that with men it's impossible. However, not with God, because with God all things are possible. It's when he, the spirit, so you can be in what situation you're in. Like, I'm here without him. I need to stop trying to do things without him because with him, things that I couldn't do, now I can do. Things that were impossible, however, now they are possible. I'm a me with a he, not a me without a he. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because otherwise, I'm a me without a he. I'm over here trying to do everything I can. And a me without a he has limits. Jesus said, hey, there's more I want to tell you, more I want to show you, but you're a me without a he. And you've reached the limit of what you can receive. There's more I want to tell you. He said it right there. There's more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. If I can't bear it now, when he comes, all of a sudden I can bear what I couldn't bear. I'm just encouraged that the Holy Spirit comes into our life and now he removes the limits. He removes the barriers. He removes the boundaries on what we can receive and what we can't receive. So now let's look what he says. He goes on to say, how is he going to do this in verse 13? However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. So now that we have the, the Holy Spirit, how is it possible that I can now bear things that I could not bear? How is it I, now I can receive things I couldn't receive? How is it now I'm able to accept things I couldn't accept? However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. That word guide means to lead someone to know. Lead in learning, instruct, explain, or show the way. Guiding is a collaborative process. What do I mean by that? Collaborative process means that you need a leader. In order for guiding to work, you need a leader and a follower. For him to guide me into all truth, I need to be able to follow him. If he, he could guide me or lead me, but if I don't follow, there's going to be no guiding. He's not going to guide me into something I will not follow him into. He can lead me into forgiveness, but if I won't follow him, I won't experience it. He can lead me into love, but if I won't follow him, I won't experience it. He's going to guide me into all truth, but we can see him take off and go somewhere, but if we don't want to follow him, I will not experience where he's trying to take me. I have to trust the guide. Said, so listen, I want to guide you into all truth. If he's going to guide me into something, he's going to do it by guiding me out of something. He's going to guide me into a new place because he's going to guide me out of my old place, but if I'm not willing to leave my old place, I'll never experience my new place. Here's the value of the Holy Spirit. There's times he's trying to guide us out of somewhere, but we're so familiar with it, we don't want to leave. We become so familiar. Even if we want to leave, we don't know how. I want to get out of this problem. I want to get out of this line of thinking. I want to get out of this feeling. I want to stop living this life. I want to stop going around this mountain. I want to stop living the same mistake over and over and over. I want to, but I don't know how. We have to have the Holy Spirit to guide us out of where we are into where he wants to take us. But we have to be willing to follow him even if we don't know where he's going. 
How many times have you said, well, okay, I, I want to do something different. I want to change my life. I want to change my life in this area. I want to I change how I look at this person. I want to I change this family situation. I want to change this relationship. And God says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call them up, and I want you to tell them you're sorry. Okay, God, I really want to change this thing. I, re- I, re- I really want to see this change in my life. I really want to see things turn around. And I, and I, I really need to break through in this area. Okay, yeah, I want you to call them up. I want you to tell them you're sorry. Okay, God, I don't think we're connecting. I don't need to tell anybody I'm sorry. I need healing. I know. I know you need healing. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you call them. I'm going to have you apologize to them. Where are you going? I'm going to lead you over here. We're going to apologize to them first. God, God, I need healing. You're not listening to me. He said, yeah, I'm going to lead you into all truth. I'm going to guide you. We're going to go over here and we're going to apologize. And then we're going to make our way over to healing, but we got to make a stop by that house first. We don't want to trust the guide sometimes because we think we know what we want and we need, and we think God is oblivious to our needs. But he says, I'm going to guide you into all truth. He shows the way. What is he going to guide us into? He's going to guide us into what kind of truth? It says, what kind of truth? All truth. Here's what the word truth means. It means a reality or actuality that is firm, solid, and binding. Actual truth is not a truth. It's not a perceived truth. It's not even a cultural truth, but it is the reality or absolute truth. I said this before in the series. There is absolute truth. We just don't all agree on it. We may not even know. I don't even know what absolute truth is in every area. I don't know yet, but there's coming a day when I will know because I will see him as he is. And I, you know, the moment that my physical body stops breathing, I will now have an awareness of absolute truth of what happens after the grave. I'll have an awareness. It doesn't matter what I believe prior to that. In that moment, I will know absolute truth. And that's what I mean. There is absolute truth. We just may not know it or agree on it. But he says, I'm going to guide you into all truth. So there are, so the Holy Spirit's going to guide us into all truth. So there are truths in the world that we cannot bear and cannot receive without the Holy Spirit. Check this. Jesus said, there's many truths that I want to tell you about. Why do we need the Holy Spirit in our life? There's many things I want to tell you, but you can't bear them now. You're a me without a he. But however, when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, now he will begin to guide you into all truths. So now it just opens up. We can know everything with the Holy Spirit. So there are truths. There are truths that we don't know beyond the truths that we do know. There are higher truths or laws that trump the lower truths that we know. Here's something I wrote down. If we don't know about the existence of a higher truth or a, or a higher law, our boundaries will stay limited by the power of the lower truth that we are familiar with. If we don't know about a higher law, a higher truth, then our lives will stay limited by the boundaries of the lower law or the lower truth that we are familiar with. We've got to know about a higher truth. So let me give you this an example. The law of truth or the law or truth of gravity versus the law or truth of aerodynamics. I thought about this this week. The law of gravity, Sir Isaac Newton in the 1600s discovered, you, if you will, the law of gravity. You know, the, the story goes he was sitting under the tree and the apple fell. How many knows he didn't create the law of gravity? He discovered it. It was revealed to him. 
but it was there all along. The truth about how gravity works was there. Sir Isaac Newton didn't create gravity. He just said, wow, there's something there that I didn't realize before. So he discovered gravity. And then a little bit later, you know, as the world was stuck within the boundaries of the law of gravity, they discovered a higher law. A guy by the name, you may have thought, uh, who discovered the, the law of aerodynamics. It wasn't the Wright brothers. It was actually a guy by the name of George Cayley developed the concept of a modern fixed-wing aircraft in 1799 and in doing so identified the four fundamental forces of flight, lift, thrust, drag, and weight. So now, 1799, they discovered the laws of aerodynamics. It wasn't until 1903 that the Wright brothers actually flew. A hundred years later. Here's, here's the power in that. So a truth was discovered, but a truth wasn't applied and put into practice for another hundred years. This is what it means by guided into all truth. Guiding is a process. This is the part that we don't like. I want to discover the truth and fly tomorrow. I want to discover a new truth and be walking in its fullness the next day. God, Jesus said, that's, that's probably not how it's going to happen. I'm going to have to guide you into that truth. So it's one thing to discover a truth. It's another thing to apply the truth in our life. And here's where the enemy gets us. We get revelation. We hear a sermon. We read something in the Bible. It jumps into our hearts like, yes, I want that. You get in a church service and you just feel the presence of God. You say, yes, I want to change my life. Yes, yes, yes. You would discover a truth. And then you go out and you have to actually take off. You have to actually put it into practice. There's a guiding into the truth. So now the Wright brothers were actually able to fly. So now here's why we need to know the truth and guiding into all truth. Because I was thinking about the law of the gravity versus the law or the truth of aerodynamics. And I thought about planes don't fly because the absence of the law of gravity. It wasn't that the Wright brothers said, man, I sure wish there wasn't a law of gravity. If there wasn't a law of gravity, we would fly. We could take off. Man, if it wasn't for this law of gravity constantly pulling us down, constantly holding us back, if it just wasn't there, man, I could really soar. No, they found a higher truth. They found a higher truth and that even in the presence of this truth, law of gravity is still a truth, but you don't see planes you don't see planes at the airport sitting there going, well, we would take off tower, but the law of gravity is still in effect. Over. <laughs> We're grounded. Why are you grounded? Well, the law of gravity is still here. You don't ever see that. Why do planes take off every day? Because there's a higher truth that trumps the lower truth. So what's trying to hold them back is overridden by something that's causing them to fly. And this is what I feel like in our life. We're waiting for the absence of things trying to pull us back before we believe we can fly, before we feel like we can take off. It's not the law of gravity that's holding us back. It's our lack of knowledge of the law of aerodynamics. It's, not that it's the lack of the knowledge of the truth. It's, it's not that I believe this about my own life. I'll say this about me. The problem is seldom that I don't know any truth. Usually my problem is I don't know enough truth. He says, guide you into all truth. There's a truth that I feel this way. The truth that, I, that I'm experiencing this. The truth is this is how I feel or how I'm thinking. That is a truth. But there's a higher truth that will cause me to fly above my present truth. There may be a truth that I'm feeling this pain 
in my knee or this pain in my body or this sickness or whatever it may be. That is a truth. And the problem sometimes in church is we think because there is this truth, that then negates the possibility of a higher truth. The presence of the law of gravity does not negate the law of aerodynamics. Are you catching what I'm throwing down? The presence of adversity does not negate the presence of the truth of victory. The presence of opposition, the truth of opposition, does not negate the truth of my freedom. Let me give you the verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Is there a law of sin and death? Is there a truth of sin and death? Absolutely. But there is a truth of sin and death. However, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of the spirit of of sin and death. But we've got to know if I don't know that, if all I know is sin and death and my sin, and I'm so worthless, I'm terrible, I'm worthless, I'm never going to sin, all I know is sin, then I'm stuck under that law. I'm stuck. I'm grounded. I can't go anywhere. However, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, then now what I was feeling now is overridden by what God has given me. And now the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has given me the freedom to shake off the chains trying to hold me back so I can soar in the righteousness that is in Christ Jesus. But sometimes we get so caught up. Again, for me, I get so caught up in the truth of what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking that I don't allow the Holy Spirit to give me a higher truth that will help me come out of it. I get grounded. Hey, it's just the truth, okay? It's what's going on. It's where I am right now. It's where I am. This is my position. It's where I am. I'm just, I'm I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I'm sick. I'm I'm whatever. I'm I'm not in a great place in my feelings, my emotions. I'm, 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 I'm overwhelmed. I, I can't tell. This is my state. But every once in a while, we need to hear, however, nobody's saying that this isn't true. Nobody's saying that this isn't real. It's not, nobody's saying it's not happening. Sometimes we think faith is the absence of problems. It's not the absence of problems. It's the presence of a greater truth. It's the presence of a greater truth that tells, yes, that's true. That's how I feel right now. However... However, however, there's something the Word of God says about my situation. There's something the Word of God says about my feelings or my emotions. Every once in a while, I need a however to rise up in my spirit. Say, yes, that's true, but this is a bigger truth. This is more true. But if I don't ever hear this truth without the Holy Spirit, all I will know is this truth, and I will not know there are any options but just to waller in my misery and depression. I won't know. I'll just sit there and let anxiety overwhelm me till I get worried and stressed and fretting and worry and stress. I'm just rehearsing it over and over in my mind, and I don't know there's any other options. I need the Holy Spirit to come in and say, Chad, that's true. However, 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 my Bible says, be anxious for nothing. 
But in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Is it true that I have anxiety? Yes. People thought, sometimes coming up even in the word of faith, well, I can't even be honest about where I am. I can absolutely be honest about where I am. However, there's a place, there's something when the Holy Spirit comes that I'm not stuck, I'm not grounded anymore. I can fly, I can be free by the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, when the truth comes, He comes to set us free. But we got to know what that truth is, and we got to embrace it. He can tell us the truth, but if we don't believe it, we'll never follow him. He can tell me, Chad, stop thinking that way. Start thinking this way. I just don't believe it. Chad, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't feel like the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't, I, don't, I, just, I, don't, I don't feel like it, God. I, just, I don't feel even worthy to praise you. I just don't feel, don't feel, don't feel. There's lots of things I don't feel. I, I seldom feel what God tells me to be. I seldom feel it. Chad says, or Chad says, God says. God says, let's don't get those mixed up. God says, be bold. We check ourselves to see if we feel bold. God brought Joshua chapter 1 to me this week, and then he went out how many times over and over that he said to Joshua, be strong and of good courage, because the Lord your God is with you. I'm like, I don't feel strong. I don't feel courageous. Oh, so I feel, I feel. So I hear, I hear the word of God, I hear the truth of the word of God, and I run it through my feelings filter to see if I want to accept it or not. Am I the only one who ever does that? Leave me out here on an island, I don't care. But I'm just saying, God, I hear God telling me, this is who you are, Chad. This is what I say about you. I run it through, I don't, I don't feel that way, so it cannot be true. Because we're waiting for our feelings to validate the Word of God when the feelings aren't supposed to validate the Word of God. The Word of God is supposed to validate the Word of God. And so it's not about, I'm not going to become what I feel. I'm going to become what I believe. I'm not going to become the truth that I feel because my feelings are fickle. My feelings one day think I can take on the world. The next day, I'm like, I quit. I just quit. It's going to happen. We can't be led by that. It doesn't mean our feelings aren't real. They're true. They're real. Stop trying to tell yourself they aren't real. You just need a however. There's a bigger truth than how I feel. Because if I try and lie to myself and I tell my feelings aren't true, then when my feelings overwhelm me, I'll think I'm living a lie. I'm not living a lie to say this is true, this is how I feel. I just need a however that I've got a bigger truth. I need a bigger truth. How is he going to guide me into this? I'm not getting to where I need to go yet. However, when either spirit of truth will come, he will guide you into all truth for. How is he going to do it? How is he going to do it? For he will not speak on his own authority. He's not going to speak about himself. Here's why we need the Holy Spirit. The spirit of what? Spirit of truth. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. 
He will glorify me, Jesus said, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Here's what I believe the Lord wanted me to say today. There's two things the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life right now where you are. Number one, he wants to get with you. He doesn't want you to be a me without a he. So even I'm not talking about a one-time event like I received the Holy Spirit, was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about are you allowing him to be with you right now? Is he with you on this problem or are you just trying to work it out yourself? Are you just trying to solve it? Are you just trying to figure it out what to do, that business deal or that, that work deal or that relationship situation or, or that health situation? I'm just trying to figure, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How many times we do that? We just sit there and we try and rehearse it. What am I going to do? I don't know. What am I going to do? He says, well, <laughs> you're me without a he. However, if you allow me to come with you on this situation, what was impossible to you before is now possible. What you couldn't bear, what you couldn't receive, now there is. I believe, number one, he wants to come with you. Number two, he wants to guide us into all truth. I believe there's lies that we, we embrace, some of them unintentionally. Some of them, they're lies, what I'll call cultural lies. Here's, what, here's a movement. It's not anything new, but it just it gets more pl- uh, pub because of social media. The enemy wants you to think that if you're against culture, then now you're weird. That if you're against the cultural truths, well, this is the way society is. Society has evolved. And this is true now. We need to check it against the truth. The truth of the Word of God. And what does Jesus say? He's going to guide me into all truth. So now he's saying, listen, I want to guide you out of lies that say it's okay for you to... Society says it's okay, that's normal. I want to be careful what I embrace that society says is normal. Because there could be freedom for me. There could be a however truth that I need to embrace. So here's what I believe God wants to do today. I believe God's wanting to break some lies off of our life. It's what I'm asking him to do this in my life. I'm, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, everywhere I have believed a lie, guide me out of that lie and guide me into the truth. It's been tough treading. It's tough treading. But I'm going after it. I want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. I want him to be with me. I don't want to be a me without a he. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.